everyone. Welcome to the show where we talk about all things NXT. We talk some NXT stateside, NXT UK, and we even level up sometimes. We're your hosts. I'm Boris. And as always, I'm joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Uh, very rarely do we level up. We might have should have watched uh, last week's, not the one that was most recent, because uh, Two Dimes and Stacks made their debut, Boris, and they're part of this NXT show now. But, uh, you know, we missed it. Somehow, we missed the debut of Stacks and Two Dimes, but it's all right, buddy. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Things are going well. Things are going busy. Uh, you know, follow up to like Monday's bam. Man, it's just been meeting after meeting after meeting. Like, I. I, it's been crazy, but uh, still, you know, finding time to kind of lay low here and there. Uh, but uh, you know, no, 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 no real time for too much, which is why I really can't wait for this weekend when you know uh, all of the you know the main hosts. Uh, I guess the only people who won't be around are the East Coast dad for for, for obvious reasons. Um, you know, we'll be able to kind of meet up, have a couple brewskis, and uh, catch up. Yeah, Brad and Greg too. If they're uh, if they're listening, we'll say we'll shoot you a Facetime if you're free on Saturday night there. But yeah, I'll hopefully go for a little pint ski. A couple people are uh, going to a Jays game as well. Unfortunately, I can't make the Jays game. I am working on Saturday, but it's going to be a ton of fun, man. I'm very excited to kind of you know see everyone in person, at least see them again, and kind of hang out for that first time as a as a squad, which we have yet to really do. So that'll be a lot of fun, man. Exactly. Yeah, it's the first time because like really, you know, rejoined in the middle of the pandemic. So it's like, you know, there hasn't really been too much of an opportunity uh, with Mike kind of doing his road trip. It was the 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 perfect time to kind of get things rolling. Uh, so. So, yeah. So that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, how are you, Matt? I'm very well, brother. Thank you for asking. Yeah, full of energy. I, I, as I sat down to uh, to do this podcast, I realized, though, I am starving. I ate like some toast at like seven or eight in the morning and we're recording this at about two in the afternoon and I haven't eaten yet again. So, yeah, it's time time for me to make something to eat after this podcast. But, yeah, you know, uh, in good spirits, it's going to be uh, a- empty stomach cardio on this show. I got some things to be fired up about. Yeah, awesome. So let's get to it. There's a little bit of news on the NXT side that I kind of want to chat with you about. And that one major one is, you know, we've always talked about how bad we feel about some of these performers in regards to, you know, it's trial by fire. You know, I've been you have to put yourself in their mindset. You know, you, you get picked up by WWE, you get thrown into the performance center, you start learning how to wrestle, and then a few weeks later, you are thrown on national TV on NXT 2.0, and that's going to be a ton of pressure for these performers, but the good news is that, you know, they get to perform in front of live crowds, off of TV, to kind of hone in on their skills, because live events are returning uh, beginning in June, so that's really good news for the NXT brand. Yes, on the show today, they announced an eight-town tour of Florida. You couldn't call them cities, all of them, I'm imagining. It's more of an, an eight-town tour than an eight-city tour, but that's all right. You know, uh, what's important is getting experience in front of a live audience and not having to feel the pressure of television, just learning the job. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I, like, I really hope that this does reflect on the in-ring but, you know, sometimes for me, the in-ring isn't so much of the issue with NXT 2.0. Last night's show, to me, proved that oftentimes it's the promos, the characters, and just silliness of the scripts that make NXT 2.0 kind of, you know, dare I say, the laughing stock of WWE's, 
like uh, various brands. Yeah, man. Yeah. So we watched the NBA draft lottery live last night and then we started watching NXT at 830. And because my roommates were watching the draft lottery, we kind of all as a house watched NXT. And my two roommates who are not really wrestling fans at all. One is kind of a casual wrestling fan. One just hates it and doesn't really have much time for it. They were laughing at the promos, like openly laughing at them like this is terrible like bc movie the worst sharknado acting you know what i mean uh but the the in-ring even the non-wrestling fan i I heard him a couple times go wow you know what i mean like especially in the wesley versus nash uh sorry sorry versus nash carter wesley versus nathan fraser match the although they only went like three or four minutes man was that a spectacular speedball versus speedball kind of four minutes right so i agree with you 100 the in-ring can sometimes be pretty good and it's totally dependent on who's in the ring but the character the promo the structure of the show oof it can be a slog to get through yeah exactly and then that's that's really kind of like some of the the parts that make me cringe sometimes it is the promo so kind of in the same vein of that item uh william regal was kind of talking about his uh, his tenure in NXT. And there was, the, the, you know, you can go ahead and read this. It's on a bunch of sites. But for me, the biggest takeaway was this. And this this is really what we talked about. And, and you know, if you remember WWE from the mid-90s, you know, they kind of had a very similar approach to recruiting people. Or it was getting a lot of non-wrestlers, uh, non-indie talent into the system, uh, working with, um, you know, Dr. Tom Pritchard at the time, moving them to Smoky Mountain Wrestling or wherever they could, really. Uh, So, you know, it's a similar system that they have now, except now it's all centralized with the Performance Center, with NXT Level Up, with NXT. Um, So the biggest takeaway from this William Regal interview was something that that came from Johnny Gargano. So this is a direct quote. Johnny Gargano told me something before I left. You can make wrestlers, but you can't make them love it. That's an excellent, excellent point. Well put, Johnny Wrestling. And that's that's just it. Although you can find people who do love it, I'm sure. And some of these athletes will have been wrestling fans. Exactly. One or two people in the NCAA playing football right now has got to have grown up loving wrestling. Like, eventually, you'll, you'll strike gold, and you'll find that John Cena, who... You know what I mean? Was like a bodybuilding wrestling fan his entire life, like who is also an uh, incredibly like fucking charismatic, just like uh, you will find a diamond in the rough, but you're going to go through like hundreds or thousands of people who aren't that. Exactly, and and it's not to say that there isn't someone out there who can't become a wrestling fan and respect wrestling for what it is. And this is a kind of a bad example, but a good example at the same time, Charlotte Flair. You know, if you know the, you why go. Charlotte Flair got into wrestling, it was because of her brother Reed, who tragically passed away. So she kind of went into wrestling to honor his dream. She wasn't a wrestling fan. She had no desire to be a wrestling or a wrestler. She was a volleyball athlete. She kind of stuck to that domain, but went into wrestling much later than anticipated. And obviously she loves it. Obviously she knows what she's doing. So it is possible for these new recruits, for this new plan to work out for WWE. Um, But yeah, that really stuck out for me. In terms of a quote, just because, you know, we're we're kind of seeing this right now with with 
NXT 2.0. And right now there's a kind of a mismatch because you have Roxanne Perez, you have um, Ariana Grace, you know, people who are clearly wrestling fans. And then on the other side of stuff, you have a Lash legend, right? Yeah, exactly. But uh, that's not to say, so we hate Lash Legend and she shouldn't no. be there. Like, I, I think Lash Legend has a I'm ton, s- a ton of talent, not, yeah. not only potential, but a ton to offer right now. Yeah. Uh, the only thing is she's just, she's just very obviously just, just wrestling her first three or four matches in front of our eyes, right? Like, that's the only problem is that she's inexperienced in the ring. But you look at someone like... Uh, for example, like a Jade Cargill, who we all kind of disliked and thought was overpushed at the start. And now you'd be pretty hard pressed to find anyone who would like just outright dislike Jade Cargill or say like, you know, she's uh, she hasn't improved at least. Right. Like she's clearly gotten a lot better. She's figuring out she's only going to continue to get better. So, I mean, like, hopefully these people, hopefully there are more brawn breakers out there. You know what I mean? Hopefully there are more Jade Cargills out there. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we'll kind of see what uh, what comes of this new recruiting of the um, philosophy that WWE had. Yeah. But I wanted to touch on this just because, you know, a lot of people, especially on the forums, especially other message boards, give WWE a lot of shit for their new uh, philosophy in regards to, 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 to signing talent, right? It's like they're upset that they're not signing indie wrestlers. But the flip side of that is when they do sign indie wrestlers, something doesn't work out. Boo, WWE, WWE sucks. Yeah, that's true. And it's just, it's important to note, Boris, they're not, not signing indie wrestlers. They are, they are signing indie wrestlers. Roxanne Perez was the Ring of Honor women's champion. Like that's as indie as you can be. She was an indie star. They're not signing 40 year old indie wrestlers anymore. They aren't signing short male indie wrestlers anymore. But they will sign indie wrestlers if they fit the criteria. Exactly. That's exactly it. All right. So, so you know, I just wanted to touch on that. Um, yeah. So, it is Wednesday. And the only reason I bring this up, and there is a connection to NXT. That is, uh, you know... Uncle Dave, Dave Melter, he's been talking more and more. And on the Wrestling Observer newsletter last week, one of the news items was how AEW is super interested in bringing in Candice LeRae. Is this any surprise to you? No, absolutely not. You know, I, she was a PWG mainstay when like the Young Bucks were there and a lot of the AEW roster was there making their name in PWG. She was one of them. Yeah, I think Gargano and Candice LeRae, it's a matter of time before an AEW. And uh, by the time you listen to this podcast, both may have debuted in AEW. Exactly. That's exactly it. Like, I'm convinced. I'm still skeptical on the timing of Candice LeRae. I'm not saying it's impossible, but, you know, it's a crazy timing. Uh, More power to her. But I'm putting my money on the Garganos being the Jokers for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. So on the radio, I, I guessed... Gargano and Athena, the former Ember Moon, uh, Johnny Gargano and Athena. I'm going to stick with that, but I heard a great call. Mackie Ito, Boris, is back in the United States, if not now, very soon, and she's doing other uh, things, I guess, other indie shows and such, but I think the Joker, the female Joker might be Mackie Ito. No, that'd be really cool. That'd be very, very cool um, for, for, for if it was Mackie Ito. She's got the following. She can make the, you know, the the It'll it'll be a nice little touch for AEW. 
Absolutely. Uh, other than Britt Baker, some well, Jade Cargill as well. But other than those two, they sometimes struggle to have like really strong personalities in the AEW women's division. And people love Maki Ito's personality, her character. It's like as strong as it gets. It's as strong as it could possibly be. So I think she's a huge addition to AEW. I think AEW should work really hard to sign her right away and push her. Yep, exactly. Uh, so that that's awesome. All right, Matt. I think it's time for us to move on to chatting some NXT 2.0 and some an excellent, excellent NXT UK show. Oh, man. Yeah. So the main event of the NXT UK show is is the main event of this podcast. Stick around for that. You it is a treat. Uh, but yeah, Boris, I think today we're going to do the rare uh, rating system du jour and actually reference NXT UK. We're going to carry it through the entire show because there was a dusty finish, Boris, on the NXT UK show. And anytime there's a dusty finish, we got to celebrate it. We got to shout it out, if you will, Boris. So dusty finishes out of five this week. Awesome. All right. So the show starts off. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams make their entrance. They cut a promo on the way to the ring to hype up Melo's match at In Your House. Dude, Trick Williams, Carmelo Hayes, bonafide future superstars or AW Dark members. <laughs> rude. Extremely rude every time you make that joke. Uh, man, these guys are stars. The only thing that they're lacking right now is Trick Williams is just too new in the ring. Trick Williams is not ready to be on Raw or SmackDown every single week. It will not go so well. Give Trick Williams six months to a year, put these guys on Raw or SmackDown, and they could float one of those brands for the next, like, ten years. Yeah, the, yeah. These guys are great. They're great. And Carmelo Hayes is great in the ring. And Trick Williams is great on the microphone. So that's all you need. If they don't ever want Trick to wrestle, then he could just be pure manager and they can call him up right now. But the thing is, Trick is the bigger one. Trick is a good athlete. I do think they're going to want Trick Williams in that ring. Yep. Some would say it's a little tricky right now. <laughs> Back out! All right, this leads us to Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams versus Solo Sokoa and NXT North American champion Cameron Grimes in a tag team match. So I think it is safe to say that they are really leaning towards a heel turn for Cameron Grimes. I think so. The crowd wasn't as against him this week as they were in previous weeks, but it does kind of seem like they were like, well, the crowd's turning on him. Screw it. Let's do it. So I, I think you're right. Yep, but this match was pretty straightforward. Nothing crazy, really, in terms of philosophy. The story that they were telling is that, you know, you have a, a setup match moving forward into in your house. So the real stars of the of the match are Carmelo Hayes and Cameron Grimes. Um, but I kind of like that Solo Sokoa is still leaving his name there, right? Like, it's still, he's still hanging over this uh, this division. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. I think the finish of this match gives away the finish of the NXT North American title match at in your house, Boris. But I thought this was a strong match. You know, very good. Uh, Trick Williams, not quite there. Obviously, the weakest wrestler in the ring, but he is figuring it out. Carmelo Hayes all the way there. Really, really good. Cameron Grimes, you know, we've already said it. Cameron Grimes, when motivated, might be the best wrestler on this entire roster. Yep. So Cameron Grimes uh, catches uh, 
Mello with the crossbody. The then Solo Sokoa tagged himself in, and Grimes was going for a cave in on Mello. Trick and Mello swarmed Solo with kicks. Hayes caught Grimes with a springboard lariat. Solo hit Mello with a hanging Uranagi. Solo hit Mello with an Uso splash while Grimes hit Trick Williams with a cave in. But it was Solo that picked up the pin on Mello for the win at 9 minutes 59 seconds. Solo Sokoa pins Carmelo Hayes, who rarely gets beat in NXT 2.0. So I think this is setting up classic WWE booking, beat a guy immediately before he wins a title. I think Melo gets that North American title back, and then he has an instant challenger set up in Solo Sokoa. It's tricky to rock a rhyme to rock a rhyme with Cameron Grimes. It's tricky. But you just did. <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to get that in like five minutes ago. I just had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but before you give the read, the rating, Solo yanks the North American title away from the referee. Uh, he then hands it to Grimes. And Grimes poses with the title to end the segment. Uh, so I'm really, I'm really, really enjoying the work that these four are doing right now. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, like Trick Williams. We've said it before. I don't want to belabor the point. On the microphone, though, this guy is an absolute star. Like, when these guys came out to the ring doing the New Age Outlaws gimmick of cutting their, their own promo during the entrance, crowd was right into it. You can just tell these guys are stars in the making. So let's hope that they keep on this trajectory. Three dusty finishes out of five for this one. Solid C in Canada. Yep. All right, Mike. Oh, ooh, almost screwed that one up. The <laughs> hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews the NXT Tag Team Champions. Love saying these names, and I'll say it again. Kit Wilson and Elton Prince. Kit Pretty. <laughs> Wilson. Kit, like the car from Knight Rider, Wilson, and Elton Prince. Kit Wilson, a.k.a. Mr. Feeney? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a perfectly fine promo. My uh, my slightly wrestling fan roommate was like, hey, so this is the new uh, fashion police, isn't it? And I was like, oh, good eye, buddy. This is the new fashion police. Although oh, the, remember, the fashion police. If yes. you remember, I called them the fashion police. That worked. <laughs> you did, Boris. I do remember. So I was just shouting, shouting out the team here, you know, buddy. But yeah, so uh, good, good promo. This is a WWE tag team through and through, through yeah. and through. Yeah, through and through. Uh, I think that this promo was just—it's good enough. Like these guys are good on the mic; they're funny. I love how they always try to work their catchphrases into their promo, so that that's always a nice little. Uh, Little touch, but uh, overall pretty good. Lash Legend comes out. We get a vignette for Taya Hall, who talks about her WWE performance at her tryout. Uh, she talked about how she hasn't even graduated high school yet and will graduate next week. Not because she's dumb, but because she's that young. <laughs> Important <laughs> distinction. Important distinction. Thank you for pointing that why. out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got to take your notes, buddy. Got to talk that talk. That's good. Uh, it's good for you to point out. Next, we had a bad wrestling match. Yes. Lash Legend <laughs> versus Tatum Paxley in a first-round match of the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. God bless Lash Legend. God bless Tatum Paxley. They are learning. These are two people that, honestly, I feel bad for. I like them. I like their presence. I like-ish their, you know, when they've talked. 
but they have a lot of work to do in ring and hopefully when they get on the road they're able to practice a little more in front of live audiences so that they can kind of like you know uh dust off any any um any fear they have anything that's going on but uh yeah it's the unfortunate part it's the trial by fire yeah man yeah i've done i've done a lot of stand up in my life well a fair bit of stand up in my life i've i performed sketches i've sang actually in a couple bands as well and uh when you're bombing man it sucks and you feel it you know what i mean and sometimes you bomb but when you're not bombing and you're fucking good and you know you're good and you're rehearsed and you're talented and you're going in there and you're confident and you perform for a crowd that actually like wants to see your shit and it's going well there's no feeling like it in the world so i agree like i feel bad for these performers but don't give up on them you know give them a chance to figure out their art and for the love of god let them perform in front of like 200 people in a small dingy town in florida not always on national television yep exactly so paxley escapes a submission but her legs gave out from the electric chair paxley hit lash with a suplex as she's selling her leg, she then hits uh, Lash Legend with a standing moonsault for a two count. Uh, Paxley's legs eventually did give it again for the third time. Uh, but And then that's when Lash Legend hits Paxley with a pump kick for the win at three minutes and 50 seconds to advance to the semifinals of the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. So while the, the quality of the match wasn't the best, the storytelling was on yeah. par, like very good. Yeah, they, they had a clear story. They stuck to it, and there was a structure to this match. I appreciated that. It held this thing together, for sure. So there's that much. But yeah, bad wrestling match overall. But, you know, these are two performers who are figuring it out, and that is totally fine. But uh, on this day, we're going to have to go one dusty finish out of five for this one. So on this day, you saw clearly. Here <laughs> Oh, man, I'm so tired. <laughs> All right, the show cuts to Tony D'Angelo, A-O-A-O, cutting a promo in front of a brick wall backdrop. He was flanked by his goons. They cut a promo to hype up D'Angelo's match against the greatest luchador in professional wrestling right now, better than Andrade, Santos Escobar. Better than Hio Del Vikingo? Better than all these guys. Better than Paul. Ray Phoenix. I can't even say that with a straight face. Because <laughs> no, I think Phoenix Ray, is... Ray sorry, Ray Phoenix is the yes. best luchador in the world. Period. Phoenix number Phoenix number one. Do you have Santos ahead of Vikingo? Would that be your would that be your podium right now? One, two, I would three? say Vikingo's number two. And then you would you legit Santos three though? I legitimately do think Santos Escobar is number three. Perfect. I, I, I can buy it, man. He's very talented. A hell of a promo, too. That's the thing people don't give him credit for. He's a really good promo guy. Yep. Uh, all right. We get a promo for Clash at the Castle in Cardiff, Wales. I'm really looking forward to that show. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I am, too, man. I'm wondering, though, buddy, your theory that you've said before, Cody Rhodes wins the WWE title on July 4th, Monday Night Raw, adrenaline in my soul, skibidi bopidi badoo Uh Here's my theory. Drew McIntyre beats Roman Reigns for the WWE title in fucking Cardiff, Wales. That's that's what's happening. You know what? Honestly, either of those will bear Horowitz ourselves. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's my official prediction. I, I, you heard it here first. Well, you probably thought of it before. It's pretty obvious. But Drew McIntyre is winning that title at that pay-per-view in that castle. Both scenarios are brilliant, especially because the American... <laughs> you know, <laughs> because we said them. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, 
yes. Agreed. Ha <laughs> Please go here's on. Here's the thing. Like they, they're 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 brilliant in terms of booking because you know you have the American Nightmare winning on July fourth. You know, once every six years or so, July fourth lands on a Monday. You get that Monday Night Raw. What better time? And like Cody is just that red hot right now. Also, Cardiff Wales, a UK connection with Drew McIntyre, him beating him in a stadium show that you know the stadium is going to be rocking. Having said that, because it makes sense, and they're both great scenarios, neither is going to happen. <laughs> well, I bet you're right. But to the people who said, well, who, who beats Roman Reigns? There are no challenges. There are no options. There are two amazing options on the table, both of which, if pulled off correctly, could be all-time moments in WWE. Specifically, my idea. My idea is more brilliant than your also-brilliant idea. Good, hey, buddy. <laughs> the fact that my idea even involves Cody effing Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It must be brilliant, because you hate that guy, and you're still putting the title on him. Uh, the hardest working reporter, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Duke Hudson. He said he doesn't care about what the NXT fans want. He said he took a break the last few weeks to clear his mind. Hudson was cut off by Braun Breaker with two Ks walking past him on his way to the ring. So clearly, Duke Hudson is going to be the next challenger for Braun Breaker. Yeah, so uh, speaking of me being brilliant, here's what, here's uh, where I'm a fucking idiot because I was like, Duke Hudson, oh, man, he's on the chopping block. He might get fired. I might have even said that on air if not to you. But uh, Duke Hudson is wrestling for the uh, wrestling the NXT champion. He's still six foot five, still getting promo time. Uh, what was he on WWE uh, Raw for like a brief cup of coffee? I, uh, I can't get Adnan Verk out of my head. It's not Adnan Verk, but he was he was on Raw already. I think Duke Hudson will be fine. I was wrong about Duke Hudson. I am a moron. He is totally fine. All right. NXT champion, Braun Breaker <laughs> with two Ks, makes his entrance. Uh, Breaker said that Gacy dumped him like a piece of trash in a random field. And now, I forgot about that. And now Gacy wants Breaker to join him. Uh, Breaker brought up Gacy having two enforcers with him now. Breaker said Gacy can kiss his ass. And Gacy said, uh, he said Gacy should have finished the job in the field because Breaker is going to leave Joe Gacy unconscious uh gacy's theme plays gacy appears on the crow's nest he was flanked by his druids a uh, breaker said he doesn't trust great gacy and is ready uh, he cuts uh gacy cuts him off saying that breaker is predictable because he's consumed by rage gacy said he can see the fire in breaker's eyes gacy proposed a one-on-one -on -one match against breaker breaker agreed Gacy talked about how he roughed up Braun's father and disrespected his family. Uh, Gacy then said he wants to up the stakes. Gacy reiterated everything he's done to Breaker up to this point. Uh, Gacy proposed a standard match where if Breaker gets DQ'd, he loses the championship. And Breaker said, you're on. So, a lot, oh. to, a lot to go through here. But Oh, boy. Is Braun Breaker's character that he's a stupid meathead? Uh, well, see, it's coming across that way, but no, he's supposed to be like, uh, meathead is too strong, stupid is way too strong, although that's exactly what we're watching. He is a stupid meathead, but no, he's supposed to be, he's supposed to be John Cena. That's exactly what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be like unfazed to a degree 
uh, and you, you can't you can't get under his skin because he's so tough. But I guess he's worked so hard, so you're finally under my skin now. Now I'm here, you know, kind of thing. Right, 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 right. So, so to quote a great movie from the late '90s, Galaxy Quest: Never give up, <laughs> never surrender. Exactly, exactly right, um, man. So it's just just because a story is logical doesn't mean it's good, right? Like all the beats of this. If you write them out on paper, kind of makes sense. Like Joe Gacy fucks with Braun Breaker to such a degree, such a, an annoying, such a, a, a traumatic degree that Breaker wants to kill this guy. And then Gacy manipulates him into this disqualification thing. Gacy might even win the title on this, but at least there's some intrigue, right? Yeah. But so we had so we had the dumbest stories we've seen on 2.0, arguably, for the last month, building up to a match where the stipulation is DQ changes the title on a brand where, uh, man, we see kidnappings, what, like every week, every second week, we see attempted murder sometimes. Joe Gacy attempted to murder his opponent at, in your house. He pushed him off a ledge. You know what I mean? Like, man, it's just this is uh, it's just the absolute bottom of the barrel storytelling. I feel bad for these performers. Oh, I feel bad because they're trying their hardest and you can tell that they are. And kudos to Breaker and Gacy, right? We're not crapping on them. We're crapping on what's given to them. Here's the thing. I've talked to some people offline, um, and, and and they're like, oh, the characters are too different. This doesn't make sense. And then I always throw out the example of Alistair Black and Ye Who Shall Not Be Named of the Velveteen Dream. Uh, that feud no. worked. You had, a you know, that, 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 that dark and mysterious character versus someone a little more in your face, and that just worked worked yes they were both excellent performers um and 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 and, you know the standards were different but it is possible to get two very different characters in a story that just works this is just i think it's just because there's just so much stupidity around stuff like kidnappings and attempted murders and stuff like that that it just completely takes me out the story between gacy and breaker has barely happened up until the past couple weeks yeah, man, like that's the, well, the difference is exactly right. Like you, Velveteen Dream wasn't capturing and torturing Alistair Black's dad and then forgetting about it the next week. Like it was just it was it's just an absolutely terrible feud. It's just wrestle crap. Bottom of the barrel, just 90s. It would have been bad in 1994, you know? Yep. All right. The show cuts to Indy Hartwell cutting a promo about being rock bottom. She said she's tried being kept down. Uh, she's tired of being kept down. Uh, she said she's solo for the first time in her career. She said it's sink or swim time. Hartwell called out Mandy Rose. Hartwell said Mandy calls herself the measuring stick of the women's division, but she can take that stick and shove it up her ass. <laughs> uh, hmm. that, is, uh, that is a pay-per-view event for another time, Boris. Let's move on. Mc- uh, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, informs Wesley that Zion Quinn was not medically cleared to wrestle. Lee, Lee see, this said that Quinn was ducking out. Lee said whenever Quinn gets cleared, he'll know where to find him. Nathan Frazier shows up and politely asks Lee for a match. Lee said he has a lot of pent-up rage against Quinn and doesn't want to take it out on Frazier. Frazier said he'd be up to the challenge nonetheless. 
I like Nathan Frazier's promo style. I got to say it's grown on me. Like the polite, aw shucks kind of baby face who can back up like he's actually belongs there because he's so spectacular in the ring. Uh, I like this promo a lot. I think Wesley is, is a lot of skills on the microphone, too. So this is very good. It's one of the um, best things on the show promo wise. My one issue with Nathan Frazier, this isn't an issue right now. It's because he's such an aw shucks, perfect face type of character. Yeah. He's. They're turning him heel very soon, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, baby. That's classic WWE. Because he's like kind of like Ricky Steamboat in a way. He's one of those guys who should never be turned heel. So they'll probably turn him heel. Yeah. Uh, Creed Brothers, Julius and Brutus Creed with Roderick Strong and Damon Kemp versus the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar. I think you said, you know, you said this best. And I agreed with you. And that's, you know, it, it was oh, the, the real measuring stick. For the Creed brothers is when they faced a team bigger than them, when they faced a team that, you know, they're more likely to face on the main roster. And we were both a little skeptical of this, but. Yeah, man, absolutely. So, like, because all they've been doing is throwing around guys who are 50 to 100 pounds lighter than them. And that's not what they're going to be doing on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. So they got in the ring with two WWE style, well, one WWE style team twice, and they had their two best matches of their career. I think this was as good or better than the previous match. And it was a really, really uh, strong showing for the Creed brothers. Very encouraging. These guys obviously have a very bright future. They're figuring it out quickly. Very quickly. Uh, the Creeds and Vikings were staggering to their feet after a lot of back and forth. They had a slugfest right in the middle of the ring. They took each other out with punches and strikes. Damon Kemp distracted the referee. Julius shoved Roderick Strong away when Strong tried to interfere. Ivar hit Julius with a backhook kick. The Viking Raiders hit Julius with a double-team spine buster for the win in nine minutes and 30 seconds of actual on-air time. I really liked this ending because if you remember a couple weeks ago uh you know the creed brothers got their win with with uh, the help of uh roderick strong so the fact that okay yeah they lost but it was a fair match it was still cool yeah they lost because they were trying to uh you know prevent roderick strong from interfering that's directly led to their loss so it is i I like the little twist on that two good matches man like i said uh much like the previous we're gonna go three and three quarter dusty finishes 75 percent b plus and it could be great on a takeover if those still existed which they don't yep uh the creeds were arguing with strong damon camp kept trying to play peacemaker so i look at diamond mine is damon kemp the rock to roderick strong's farouk oh well put yes for sure big time yep all right santos escobar was standing with legado del fantasma escobar hyped up his match against tony d'angelo aoao gabagool escobar noted that he's gonna leave legado in the back cruz del toro demanded that he'd be at ringside to avenge his kidnapping Oh, my God. What are we doing with our lives? The fact, uh, you know, so we always make fun of the fact that they just forget about stuff. But I think it's even worse when they bring it up. (laughs) It's worse when they remember. Yeah, sometimes when they're not going to treat these things like a big deal, when they're just throwaway backstage promo things like, yeah, it comes across as incredibly fucking stupid. Yes. Yep. Escobar brought up how he always talks about never letting emotions get in the way of business. 
Escobar said that Wild and Del Toro know exactly what to do to help. <laughs> oh, that can mean so many things on this brand. Good <laughs> exactly. Grayson Waller was shot. Speaking of which, Grayson Waller was shadow boxing while Tiffany Stratton was hanging out with them. Stratton wanted Waller to take care of Andre Chase. Yeah, so this was cool. They were flirting a little bit. You can see that they're building up some chemistry that'll probably be uh, an act uh, more and more on this here show. Yep. Uh, the TMZ interview of Braun Breaker with two Ks uh, talking about Joe Gacy's stipulation. Uh, Duke Hudson shows up to interrupt and challenge Braun Breaker to a match. Breaker accepts. Hudson said the match sounds good next week. Yeah, so that, there we go. Duke Hudson is uh, he's here to stay. Yep. Grayson Waller was already in the ring. Andre Chase got his televised entrance. Sarai, uh, Sarai was in schoolgirl mode, hanging out with Chase's students in the crowd. Uh, she was the unofficial flag bearer of the Chase U flag. Yeah, I was going to say, flag girl for Chase University. That's where Sarai is at right now. That that's I mean, like, she's, oh, man, that's just like just an absolute waste. Just a tragic, tragic waste. Andre Chase versus Grayson Waller. Perfectly fine. Your basic average WWE match. Like, it wasn't really that good in the ring. But honestly, the, the lively crowd uh and Grayson Waller's improving charm and charisma and timing. I thought the timing on the finish, if nothing else, would had to bust this above average level. But uh, yeah, this uh, this was every WWE match you've ever seen. Yep. So Chase uh, gets a X-handled strike uh, and an atomic drop. Chase hits Waller with his signature. Chase, you kicks. Uh, Chase dumps Waller to ringside, but accidentally on top of Hayward. This distracted Chase enough for Waller to nail Chase uh, with his rolling stunner finisher and the win in four minutes, 10 seconds. Yeah, and the way they did that, like Andre Chase out of the ring, he steps back into the ring and walks right into the dive roll stunner. I thought that was really good. The finish was very, very good. But uh, yeah, pretty much an average match. Two and a half dusty finishes out of five for this one. Yep. Uh, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane were watching Katana Chance and Caden Carter trash talk about them on YouTube. Mandy Rose showed up. They talked about Chance, Carter, and Hartwell talking trash about them together. Dolan said there needs to be more respect put on Toxic Attraction's name. Rose said that that's going to start with Indy Hartwell. Not as bad as it has been. I think Gigi Dolan's kind of like doing more of a goth thing these days with her character, definitely dressing like more of a goth high schooler. But anyway, uh, no, no shade to goth high schoolers anywhere. I was certainly probably one of those for a second, not like with the makeup and stuff, but definitely with the can, can you uh, keep move angst. On. Just move on. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about my high school more instead of this NXT. <laughs> 2001 to 2005 boy what a time it was boris um yeah yeah it's uh it was a toxic attraction promo slightly better than the usual one yep uh roxanne uh, roxanne perez makes her entrance to the ring uh the creeds walked out of the locker room on roderick strong strong sent damon kemp to bring them back pretty deadly shows up to taunt roderick strong and then strong challenges pretty deadly to a match with them uh, next week. 
so it's kind of annoying sometimes when they do like, are they heel? Are they face? Oh, we're blurring the lines. So you, sometimes you just want to see like a bad guy versus a good guy. You don't want to always see heels versus heels, but whatever. Pretty deadly. Cool. Yep. Uh, Roxanne Perez versus Kiana James in a first round match of the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. Uh, Roxanne Perez, awesome in the ring. Awesome in the ring. And you can tell how much better she is than basically everyone in this tournament. Yeah. So good. So freaking good. Uh, she ends up winning in five minutes, 15 seconds. The crowd loves Roxanne Perez. Uh, really good stuff. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. Code Red is her finisher. It has got a name. It is officially the Pop Rocks, which I love. Uh, yeah, Roxanne Perez, by far, visibly the most talented performer in this tournament. We're going to go three dusty finishes out of five, big homie. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Idris Anofi and Malik Blade were in bad cosplay, acting like Santos Escobar and Tony D'Angelo for some reason. Stax and Two Dimes show up. They challenge them to a match next week. I still don't know which one is which, but bald guy, he's growing on me. He kind of seems like he's a character. He kind of seems like he understands what wrestling is. Guy with hair is just there squeezing his hands together. Yep. He doesn't look like he's on this planet. Yeah, it's it's something. But again, you know what? Everyone has something to do. Everyone gets time on TV. Everyone gets some promo time. Even Inofi and Blade. Even Stax and Two Dimes had their moment and it sets up a match. So, yeah, it's cheesy, but there's some wrestling logic, wrestling storytelling oh, yeah. around all of this. Yeah, perfectly fine, inoffensive promo for sure. I get it. It was, yeah, it was fine. It was, it was cheesy, good wrestling. Um, yeah, so Nathan Frazier was heading to the ring. He crossed paths and glared at Sophia Cromwell backstage, so that was a thing. And then the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade. Perez talked about how she and Jade were friends before WWE. Jade congratulated Perez for advancing in the tournament. Electra Lopez shows up to trash talk the two a bit. Um. Yeah, this was this was okay. This was fine. I like this. Yeah, same thing that we just said. Uh, a little less cheesy, actually. A little more straightforward pro wrestling. It wasn't cosplay happening here, but yeah, just uh, someone coming in and a little bit of trash talk, setting up some matches. That's professional wrestling. Yep. Wes Lee versus Nathan Frazier. Love Nathan Frazier's entrance. Uh, as of this moment, they're treating this kid like he's going to be a star, which is great. This was an awesome three, four minutes, and Vaughn Wagner came out and ruined it. But you mentioned Sophia Cromwell. I think that's the, that's the new thing on NXT. We see her backstage, and we go to the next match, and that's when Vaughn Wagner is going to show up. You know, whoever Sophia Cromwell spots backstage or whoever spots Sophia backstage is going to get killed by Vaughn Wagner. So like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah, exactly like that. Exactly like that. Yes. Exactly like that. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Hit it. Nathan Frazier ends up winning the match against Wesley in a, I guess. No. D it was a. Yeah, well, maybe it was a DQ. I think it was a yeah, no it was, contest. It was, it, was a DQ. Double. it was DQ. It was a DQ. Uh, it was a DQ. I think it was a double DQ. But he, okay. Yeah. He, he hit Nathan Frazier first. So fair, fair. So yeah, there you go. There you go. I guess the record book must show Nathan Frazier victorious. Anyways, really doesn't matter at the end of the day, uh, because at the end of the day, Von Wagner 
dumps Frazier to ringside. Lee managed to land a few good hits on Wagner. Wagner took down Lee with a big boot. He then gave Lee a military press slam from the ring to the announce table at ringside. Uh, Mr. Stone and Von Wagner stood tall. Yeah, so let's not undersell this. Von Wagner press slams Wesley from the ring to the outside onto the announce table. That did not break, and Wesley bounced off the announce table into the announcer's chairs. Spectacular visual. Like, spectacular visual here on our NXT program. And while, like, it, it didn't seem like it was too painful relatively safe i guess you could say like that's a that's that's a risky risky bump like, you know what i mean like it's not it's not quite shane mcmahon falling off the titantron but uh there's a lot that could go wrong although it, it ended up being quite safe in the end i guess yeah yeah pretty much all right so after the match wesley and nathan frazier they're staggering backstage sanga told lee and frazier that he felt bad for what happened when a large man like Wagner attacked them, Lee acted offended and thought that Sanga was mocking them for being small. Frazier said he didn't take it that way. Frazier walked away saying he wasn't going to be mad like Lee. Lee demanded that Sanga not disrespect him. Uh, Sanga said that fighting isn't necessary. Lee then said that he's going to prove to Sanga that you don't have to be seven feet tall to be successful here. Sanga stood up and nodded. Yeah, I actually was impressed with Sanga's mic like work. I like this. Yeah, same. A lot. Yeah. And the size disparity was, was also quite the visual. So. Yep. Main event time. Tony D'Angelo, AOAO versus Santos Escobar. Yeah, Santos is fine. Solid match. I liked the little ending on it. But uh, yeah, it went a weirdly long time, like 10, 11 minutes past the hour this match was. Yeah, yeah, because this match pretty much started, like, very late. It, the match ended up yeah. going 12 minutes, 50 seconds. Uh, D'Angelo was crawling to ringside. He was trying to find his crowbar. Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde showed up and pulled away the crowbar. D'Angelo's goons showed up to brawl with Wilde and Mendoza. Um, uh, Escobar hit D'Angelo with a right-hand punch, or the power of the punch, for the win. Escobar hit something in his tights after the pinfall, so he ends up winning at 12 minutes, 49 seconds, which I was pretty shocked for, which means that Tony D'Angelo and his goons are going to win the eventual six-man tag. Yeah, for sure. Uh, man, I, I thought you must be pumped. Santos Escobar stands tall to end NXT. Of course, that's not what happened because we had to work in one final segment, but he did win the main event. So at least there's that. Uh, there was one spot I want to highlight. Absolutely incredible. Frankensteiner, Huracan Rana off the top rope, both standing on the top rope. Santos delivers the Hurricane Rana to Tony D'Angelo, of course. But I thought, yeah, both guys, incredible, agile maneuver. That was crazy crazy stuff this was a very good match for tony d'angelo i thought he did yeah. very good i agree with that yeah tony d'angelo obviously improving he's an excellent character too he's one of the guys who isn't embarrassing himself with these promos he's like he's really like improving his stock every time he gets a microphone in front of him so yeah, yeah. uh good match uh to close what was a solid ish nxt show with a lot of terrible promos <laughs> but yeah three dusty finishes out of five for this one Yep. Uh, we get a Joe Gacy promo. He continues to talk his stuff. He hypes up the match with Breaker at In Your House. Uh, drone shot as uh, Gacy laughs to end the show. 
Yeah, he's standing on top of the roof of the performance center. I assume, like you said, drone shot with like a weird David Lynchian, Joe Gacy face kind of softly superimposed over the screen. Uh, yep, that's where we're at with this thing. Yep, that's where we're at. All right, let's move to the UK. Let's go. And this week, so it's kind of funny because I think last week was one of the first times that we ever said that NXT 2.0 was better than NXT UK. The shows didn't even match up this week. Not Yeah, not so much this week. We say it rarely, like once or twice before. But yeah, this was, this was a little bit of a one-match show, honestly. The opener was okay, but the main event was something truly special. Yeah, so my notes are a little rough on this. So this really is going to be the NXT UK corner. I have the three matches. Uh, didn't write down any of the promos, to be on 100% honest, because the main event is something that I really just want to talk about. So Amazing, the first match yeah. was Ashton Smith and Oliver, Oliver Carter beating Mark Coffey and Joe Coffey, and they did earn a spot for the triple threat for the NXT UK titles. I thought this match was great. Honestly, Carter and uh, Smith, they're getting so freaking good. Really, really good. Yeah, lots of chemistry. I, I enjoyed this one a lot, too. I, I wrote down three and a half dusty finishes out of five for this one. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, perfectly fine wrestling show opener. Tag team, high-octane high tag team match. Yep. Uh, we then went to Ivy Nile versus Nina Samuels. Yes. Yeah. So this was a showcase for Ivy Nile. I like the way she's doing her finisher now. So she, she her finisher is the dragon sleeper, but she starts it on the top rope. She locks in a dragon sleeper while seated on the top rope, turns that into the diamond dust, the old flipping stunner thing off the top, holds it, and then turns that back into the dragon sleeper for the submission. So I, I quite like this. Again, a showcase for AV, uh, Ivy Nile. Yep. All right. So uh, there was an A-Kid promo at some point in this show. He basically wants a rematch against Charlie Dempsey, but this time, and I got a chubby for this, under Heritage <laughs> Cup rules. Uh, you and me both, big homie. <laughs> A-Kid versus Charlie Dempsey in Heritage yeah. Cup rules. I haven't even seen it yet, and I can tell you that match will probably be on our 122 of 2022 list. That's that's exactly way up my alley. Uh, yep. Uh, Mastiff and Stars are still kind of trying to fight Dempsey and DeFamilia, which is, you know, that's a whole thing going on. Uh, Lash Legend kind of got in Emilia McKenzie's face, so I guess that's going to be a match at some point. Mm, yeah, it seems like Lash Legend is going to squash Amelia McKenzie. I did kind of laugh at Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars' promo because DeFamilia have been doing these like super serious, crazy, well-produced, mafia-style kind of promos, right? Uh, just like you know, they seem trying to be like that HBO prestige television show. And Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars filled one where they're making fun of that. And it was filmed like on an ECW style VHS cam. You know, they looked like yeah. absolute shit. It was, it was filmed on the worst phone I've ever seen. But yeah, I, I just wanted to highlight that. I actually laughed at that. I thought it was pretty yep. good. Uh, Damon Kemp actually had something really funny. He says he didn't come to England to meet the queen, drink tea or eat crumpets. Uh, he basically wants Shaw Samuels. 
<laughs> of all people, but sure, let's do it. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of funny there. All right, and this leads us into Ilya Dragunov, your NXT UK champion versus Jordan Devlin in a loser leaves NXT UK match. Let's fucking go. Boris, I watch a lot of wrestling for this podcast. I love wrestling. I, I do it on my own, you know what I mean? Maybe not as much as I do. But uh, I've seen a lot of wrestling matches this year. This is a top five match of the year. Top five. No lower. This yeah. match was goddamn incredible. This match was so good. This match was insane. Like, how dare you? How dare you not love Jordan Devlin from day one? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I was not a Jordan Devlin fan, but he's won me over. Dude dude is really good. This was an excellent professional wrestling match. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how you can really nitpick it. Just hard hitting, hard fought, busting out incredible moves that you haven't seen in, before. I think this has to be, has to be, Boris, the first brain buster in WWE history, the old El Generico brain buster on top of the top turnbuckle and then shit can your opponent to the outside of the ring. We saw that in a WWE match, maybe the most dangerous move in all of wrestling next to the vertebraker. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, man, the vertebraker. Every time I saw it, even as a, like a teenager, I knew that was dangerous as fuck. Yes, absolutely, man. But yeah, over 15 minutes, I believe it went 16, 17 minutes. I didn't time it, but just an incredible, a war, great match. Also, Ilya's neck. He's up there with the Kota Ibushi, Will Ospreay uh, school of trying to break their own necks. Because how many oh, times oh did Devlin just punch the shit out of the back of his neck? He was like the story of the match was that he was working Dragunov's neck and had Dragunov not had as strong a neck as he does, the match would have been over and possibly Dragunov's career. But yeah, man, you're completely right. Like in real life, he took a lot of licks directly on the back of the neck. Yeah, he was punching the back of Ilya's head and neck. He plants Devlin with a superplex before going for the cover. Devlin kicks out. Uh, Ilya goes for a spear, but Devlin ducks. He then uh, goes face first into the middle turnbuckle. Now, this is when things get really interesting and tasty. Devlin hits his back body drop finisher, gets the one, the two, the three, and we have a new NXT UK champion. Ilya Dragunov is gone, but wait, his foot was under the rope. So Devlin is celebrating with the title. That's when Johnny Saint comes down uh, with another official and he orders the match to be restarted. The referee takes the title from Devlin, calls for the bell. This one is back underway. Then Ilya wallops Devlin with an uppercut, just completely annihilates his neck and face. <laughs> um, right as the uh, the bell sounds, Devlin plants Ilya with a destroyer and a brain buster that goes for the cover, but Ilya kicks out at two and a half. Devlin goes up the top uh, and dives down with a 450 splash, but Ilya slides out. He cracks Devlin with a standing, with a sliding form to the back of the head. Devlin with a headbutt, then Ilya hits a German suplex. Uh, the torpedo goes for the cover. Gets the three count. Your winner, Ilya Dragunov. Jordan Devlin sent packing to Raw. Or SmackDown or AEW Dark, as you always say. Oh, uh, man. I wouldn't say that. Right? 
Yeah, he's a superstar. He's he's gonna I, be on Dynamite every single week. Woo! I was, <laughs> that's funny. I, I was gonna say I was. I'm certain you've said that in this podcast. But okay, I know what you mean. Uh, you, you wouldn't say that about him, uh, man. Uh, when you're debating, was this like four and a half or five stars? Was this one of the best matches I've ever seen on TV? Was this perfect or simply an all-time classic? You know you've just seen something special. You know what I mean? And I don't want to be too deep in the bubble with this. I just want to appreciate the incredible work of these two fine athletes. They risked their fucking necks literally to entertain us. And we appreciate your work, Jordan Devlin and Ilya Dragunov. A masterpiece, a clinic, four and a half dusty finishes out of five minimum. It could even be five. I will watch it again one day. On the list, we'll we'll shore it down. But right now, four and a half out of five, I think. 90% all-time classic. All-time classic. All-time classic. This match was so good. And the ending, the ending, just because Devlin played it off so well with his win and he's happy and then johnny saint comes out and you knew that he was going to come out at some point and there's huge controversy now so i'm super curious to see if this leads to a rematch or if this is just like you know a dusty finish and that's that yeah, no, I think he's called up to NXT 2.0, called up in, uh, you know, quotations, finger quotes, because it's at best a sideways move. In fact, it's a severe downward move. But uh, yeah, so Jordan Devlin goes to 2.0. And he has a he has a thing to bitch about. I know I lost the loser leaves town match, but I didn't really lose it. I won it, and they fucked me over because they wanted me out of that brand and their fucking snakes and their scum. And but no, uh, that's what's gonna happen in my opinion. Exactly. So that was NXT UK. It's just such an amazing show with an all time classic main event. If you if there's one match you're gonna watch from WWE from all of last week, and I'm including Backlash. It is NXT UK's main event of Ilya Dragunov yeah. versus Jordan Devlin for the NXT UK Championship in a loser leaves NXT UK match. I think you're right. I thought Charlotte versus Ronda, I quit, was was excellent, excellent as well. But this match smokes it. Honestly, smokes it. This match yep. was great. Just great. Yep. All right. So that is the show, Matt. I think it's time for you to catch some eats. It's me to oh catch some Zs. And we're going to be coming at you with BAM. Again, there's some debate, some talk on what day BAM is best. Let us know if you like it on Friday or Monday. Uh, we're going to decide this week what we're going to do with the show. Uh, and uh, that's when we're going to be back. Tons of stuff coming. I think we're going to have another patron on the Rampage Ramble. So again, if you want to be a part of Rampage Ramble, if you want to be a part of this show even, if you want to be a part of BAM... <laughs> You should have seen my face. God I'm sorry. Bless God bless you if you do want to be part of this show, but we will have you on. We will. Yep. Just let us know. Send one of us a DM, and we're going to make it happen because this entire network is for all of us because wrestling is for all of us, and we all love wrestling. That's it. Let's call her a day. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Until next time, everyone, stay tranquilo. Watch Dragunov versus Devlin. Loser leaves town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>